What's up, guys? Welcome back to Kind of Funnies, the Karate Kid in review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every canon movie in the Karate Kid universe, including Cobra Kai seasons one, two, and the upcoming three. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the big dog, Kevin Coelho. Sup, oh, dude. There you go. There you go. The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. It was a per- uh, Kevin, your frame is perfect because Cecil just, as you started talking, just slowly started pushing a toy into frame. It's a and bone. I was playing with it back there. Oh, it was a bone. It's now a I get to watch him play like back big. there. Give a big dog a bone, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, we have the man that broke a stick in the woods with a karate chop when he was nine, Josh Makuga. <laughs> gonna be a it's fun Terry one Terry Silver's buddy Josh McCuga. <laughs> <laughs> so we are missing Andy Cortez today uh because he is prepping for a Cyberpunk 2077 stream that you can watch on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games 1 p.m today uh but he wrote in his thoughts do not fret do not worry we will get to all of that because this is such an important movie the Karate Kid Part 3 I'm so excited to talk to you guys about it right now live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or later on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. If you want to listen to this as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny reviews and we'll be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you'll want to be. Today, everyone, remember no future spoilers. We are only talking about what has happened in Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3 up to this point. Uh, but today we are talking about the Karate Kid. Part three, released on June 30th, 1989, a.k.a. the exact day I was born. Wow. I was born on the day that Nick Scarpino saw this movie in theaters. I definitely saw this movie in theaters. Isn't that crazy? And I probably saw it that day. I probably saw that. 89, great year for movies. What a great great year year. for movies. This makes a lot of sense, Tim, because this movie is the most – this movie is the most emblematic and and like Tim Getty's ass movie I've ever seen in my life. It has a lot of heart, but it also has some moments that are so obscenely absurd that you have to wonder if the editor did it as a joke. It's it's let, let's get through the stats before getting into what is sure to be many many thoughts about this film. The Karate Kid Part Three, released June thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine, directed again by John Albinson, uh, budget of $12.5 million and a box office of a mighty disappointing for the franchise, $38.9 million. The last Ooh. movie made 115 so quite the drop-off. Uh, a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes. I just want to start this off just by yeah. saying, yeah. again, last week when we talked about Karate Kid 2, I was like, I grew up not watching these movies, just knowing people loved the first one and really didn't like two and three, but specifically didn't like three. And when I started watching this, it was clear within the first five minutes why they would think that. (laughs) However, how ridiculously incorrect they are because, okay, look, is this anywhere near the first one? No, but I love how bad shit insane it is. Like a lot of people are like, okay, Star Wars Force Awakens, it's just a new hope again. And I've seen a lot of people be like, Karate Kid 3, it's just Karate Kid 1 again. Are you fucking insane? No. Did you not realize the plot of this movie and how Eventually. utterly ridiculous every single decision they make is? How the fuck is this even a Karate Kid movie? But let's start off even just with the beginning because we didn't mention this somehow last week. Karate Kid 2 starts off with so many scenes from the first movie that it's like, 
we're essentially re-watching the whole movie. And then they do that again for this yeah. one, where we get five minutes mm-hmm. of clips from the first movie <laughs> before this movie Tim, begins. Tim, it's, it's literally clips. It's literally to the point when, when they go out into the parking lot, I actually for a second expected to see Marty McFly just slinking around in the background. Because I'm like, how many fucking times are we going to see this same parking this lot scene before scene. someone's going to change it? So There's got to be a Back to the Future moment in this. Dude, actually, Nick, uh, that's a, a great segue for me to to bring up a, a random ass fact here um, that I, I guess I didn't write down. But the original plan for this movie was for them to just go completely off the rocker as if that's not what they did here. But in a different direction where it was going to be what they called a, a flying Hong Kong movie where it was going to be mm, more in the crouching tiger style where they were about to go all bananas and Mr. Miyagi was going to teach him how to like fucking fly and shit. And like, <laughs> yes! luckily they didn't do that, but it was going to involve them going back in time and uh, meeting the Miyagi's ancestors that they referenced in the second movie. It makes a lot and, of sense. They spent a lot of time on the, on the like eldest Miyagi. Yeah. And they they were, Pat Morita was going to play of course, his elder and, Crease was going to play a pirate that they faced off against. I like that. Oh man, that's I those like are the that. stories you love hearing. So that's that's the Back to the Future thing of just like that we avoided. Yeah, thank God. Thank God. We By the grace that. of God. Instead, instead now, we got this. Now here's the thing. So so last week Kevin mentioned some stuff that was happening in this movie, and I corrected him, but I incorrectly corrected him. Yeah. So what I said to Kevin wrong. was I was like I was totally wrong on that, and it's and, because I must have blocked out the first. 45 minutes of this movie i could have sworn that they tried to pass it off to the audience that crease was really dead because that would have made a better movie but no they start the movie off telling the audience this unbelievably elaborate revenge plot that this seemingly multi-millionaire at this point takes 60 days 90 days off of his life as Mm -hmm. as basically a super villain i'm like what do you do well i hide toxic waste oh you're just a professional bad guy Takes all this time off. Dump it in Borneo. Dump it in Borneo. (laughs) And tell me what it's done. This revenge plot against a kid and his karate teacher because they beat one of his friends in this. A friend that saved his life. Saved his life multiple times. Tournament in Reseda, California. It's it not ruined his career. We cut to nine months later. He's like this heartbroken drunk. But it's so it's so Made ridiculous. Sense to me. Wait, I'd be like, guys, I'm a ridiculous human being, and I I don't think I could buy the reality of this world at all. It, I will tell you what when when this okay, I haven't seen Karate Kid Part Three in like eh, maybe 15 years or so, right? Probably. But I think yeah. at the time when I saw it, I was like, this movie still kicks ass. Like this is <laughs> absurd, right? But. When you boil down the nitty gritty, and Amanda has never seen any of the Karate Kids, but oh. we were in a time crunch last night. We couldn't watch a Christmas movie, so I just threw on Karate Kid Part 3 in the background. And Amanda's like, after 30 minutes, she's like, what is this? And I was like, shut <laughs> your mouth. This is perfect. Uh, so I will say, like, the, absur- the absurdity of, like, every relationship in this movie has taken a whole new thing. And for some like multi-millionaire, maybe even billionaire, basically the warthog guy from Captain Planet. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's a good call. Right? Is like, is now is like, I'm gonna invest in every dojo in in Reseda. There's gonna be 20 of them. It's his, like, like his plan, 
His plan for world domination. We're expected to think that this is like the end of California if this guy is allowed to open 17 dojos across the state. Yes. I'd be like, Robbie's life. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, he's just trying to help out his friend who helped him. Like, I I get it. I I, I, I get that. Kevin, I have a question for you. When did he help him? Uh, In Vietnam. Hmm. Okay. Let's think about that for a second, right? Let's look at Crease. And then look, yeah. let's look at Terry Silver. Sure. Yeah. You're trying Terry, to tell me they Terry's fought together in a war? Terry's a solid 15 years younger than Crease, for sure. Terry Silver was like 11 in the Vietnam War. Sure, he, sure. That, that's like we were using the draft. Soldiers. The draft was dar- uh, a now, dark, now, scary now, thing, guys. Let me, let, me, let me start by saying the things I love about this movie. I, the thing I hated most about this movie, rather, sorry, is Terry Silver. The thing I loved most about this movie Wait, is what? Terry you Silver. Hated? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. thank you. Correct. Terry uh-huh. Silver is younger than Daniel LaRusso in real life. Wait, Dude, really? first off, yeah, that that doesn't surprise me because this movie should have been called The Karate Middle-Aged Man. He looks like a <laughs> fucking 35-year-old in this no, movie. No, he still looks Straight great. Up. What are you talking about? Oh, he looks great, but he look he's solid. Like I would, I, if this movie was about him like raising a couple kids and his wife leaving him, I'd be like, I'm not surprised. And, and like then, Daniel, you, about, you don't need to be going to the All Valley Tournament again. It's been 17 years. Well, yeah, but also, is there an age limit on the All Valley? <laughs> I mean, he, well, so we're expected to believe that all of this well, happens. He's 18, yeah, within a year, year, yeah, because oh, he's right. coming back to defend his title with a right. new rule. Which means a he doesn't have to he doesn't have to fight in the entire tournament he can just fight the last bout which is completely a, ridiculous yeah, it's a, definitely rule. a cost savings for the filmmaker because then oh, you don't have to shoot all that stuff they got so lazy did you guys notice they dressed Pat Morita in the same outfit that he wore in the first Karate Kid so they could use footage of him from that movie oh yeah. I did it's, not that. It's, yep. it's absurd. There's I a couple shots where you're like, wow, that looks like a really old shot of Pat Marie. He's like, he's solidly like six years younger and the <laughs> film stock's different. And then it cuts back to the lighting's completely different. It's absurd. So in, when, when they Miyagi's shot Karate defense, Kid, go for it. In Miyagi's defense, he only owned two outfits. It mm-hmm. was said in the first movie. No, he owns three outfits because he has a banger of a uh, a beanie that I want. It's that beanie with the cool like like the lip on it. I was like, dude, that's uh, dope. That is hipster totally shit right. right now. You and I were thinking the same thing. Oh next my god, I want it. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. But uh, uh, Ralph Macchio was 22 when he shot the first movie. 27 when he shot this one, and uh, that caused problems because the, the the love interest in this movie is Robin Lively, who is Blake Lively's uh, half sister. Mm. Cool. Which is she was uh, one of the leads in Teen Witch. Mm. Which oh, is yeah. like, which is an interesting right. lead. You're cool, generous. and you're cool, and you're yeah. cool. Yeah, nailed yeah. yeah. it, nailed it. Uh, but so, she was only 16 when they uh, shot this, so uh, they didn't want to lean too deep into their relationship. Yes, uh, and also clearly, Ralph Macchio asked to to not do it as well, not only because the age, but because he was married and he didn't want to disrespect his wife. It's like this is so much information, dude. First off, that makes so much sense because I in I have never seen a movie in the '80s where the love interests, like the person they put in there, for clearly to be the role of a love interest, says, "I have a boyfriend," and then the lead's like, "I'm totally cool with that. Let's just be friends." And I'll be honest with you, it was refreshing. I was like, "I like the friendship. It's kind of nice, but it's totally weird." (laughs) So one, it makes no sense. You figured at some point they were gonna kiss. Third of all, the only reason that like 98% of actors get into the business is to make out with multiple different people on camera. So Ralph, Ma- Ralph Macchio <laughs> says he's like disrespecting his wife, clearly because his wife is some jealous maniac. 
Third, fourth of all, she disappears before the final bow. Yeah, she's, she's not even there. Dude, straight up, what the fuck happened there? Yeah, that was she weird. Had to go to Chicago, guys. Nick, Nick Wait, brought up the interesting point of the best thing and worst thing of this movie in Terry Silver. I, I I can't even say it's the worst thing. It is just the best thing. I fucking best. love him. I, love I can't it. believe that that man is in a Karate Kid movie. It's just great. The worst thing that this movie did is not have a banger. Oh, correct. God, Thank you, Tim. There is no glory of love. There is no best around. Like, where is the music? Where is it? They just, they guys, we have to just call it what it is. They got past two and were like, and they were like, we don't want to make a third one. And someone's like, what if we made a third one? And they're like, cool, let's put zero <laughs> energy in it and just use as much footage from the first two movies as humanly possible. This movie did not need another recap. It could have just started off with Grace, but they were like, we got to fill five minutes or else it's not a real movie. I yes. just love, I love how they did it because it is so dumb, stupid, over the top, ridiculous of like, okay, the, we had the first movie. The second movie starts with the end of the first one, but it goes a little further. Now we're going to Japan. But then it's like, but what if? What happened when they didn't go to Japan? And it cuts back, and it's like, oh, here's what Chris did, and it's so sad. It's so ridiculously sad. But it good, it's good. He has a billionaire friend who's yeah. fucking evil, and also has access to this crazy karate guy. He's gonna come and he's gonna kick some fucking ass. This movie was so close to doing to committing harder to what I really wanted, which was the the scene, not the scene, the entire movie of Harry Potter 4, where they're like, and then there's this school, and then there's this school, and then there's this school. And it's like, I wanted more character for this shit. Yes. I wanted, I need the karate universe where I want to start seeing dojos popping up left and right. I want the, the, the London dojo to come with some new style we've never seen before. This yes. movie made it all possible for one day in the future. Um, it, I Go ahead, Josh. Well, I, listen... The one thing that the Karate Kid franchise does too, and we haven't even mentioned this person yet, is they make the greatest one-note villains in the history of villains. Outside, like outside of Karate Kid One, when Johnny Lawrence at the end, like over ADR, is like, "Yeah, good guy, Danny." Like th that's it, okay. So other than that, it's pretty one-note villains, okay. You go to two, where Chosen all of a sudden just like is so pissed for the whole movie, then gets the at shit kicked out of him, and then Mikey Barnes out of nowhere is just like. I'm going to follow you everywhere, Daniel LaRusso, until you sign up for this thing, and I'm going to kick a woman. You could have filed assault charges, and you didn't. No, remember, they went to the cops, and he was like, they didn't believe me. I don't know, Mr. Miyagi. What am I going to do? <laughs> also, Crease uh, was the one-note villain in Karate Kid Part 1. one. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. you're going to have to take that bone away from Cecil, bro. Oh, it's coming through pretty heavily. Um, but, so, but that's the craziest <laughs> thing for me is, okay, so we've now set up this universe. We understand how ridiculous it all can be. And then it's like, oh, man, last week we're like, oh, they didn't do the traditional sequel thing. Cool. They're doing something different. I kind of appreciate it. And this one, they're like, no, okay, we're going to actually do the traditional sequel thing. But we're going to make it so absurd that people are going to get confused and not really notice. But then there's the one key thing where this movie starts. And I'm like, oh, there's Johnny Lawrence. Our boy is back. We're finally going to get to see what happened. Oh, no, he's gone. Oh, no. Johnny yeah, Lawrence so is not in this fucking movie. This oh, was what's Allie's weird to me, guys. Come back. Oh, no, it's not no. Allie. It's some 16-year-old girl that doesn't want to hook up with him. <laughs> this is what's this is what's weird to me is like I, I, I haven't watched Karate Kid Part 2 or 3 probably in – I mean I'm with Josh, maybe like 10, 15 years, right? Yeah. So it gets muddled to me like I could have sworn the recap where he breaks his fingers – or like where he, he rips up his hands and gets them all bloody, happened in three and not in two. So when it happened in two, I was like, oh, that's weird. I could have swore this happened in three. And then they do it again. I'm like, 
wait, this was in both movies? <laughs> <laughs> like, what was the point of showing that in the first one? Nick, Why did we need to see that? Or in the, in the, in part two? Same thing thought. I was like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Broke, I thought he broke his, the trophy in three. Yeah. Because the whole point of that was like to show that Kreese was like had gone unhinged. And I'll disagree with you guys a little bit. We're like, yes, Kevin put it like Kreese is the one, the only one note villain in the first yeah. one. I think Johnny has more dimensions than we give him credit for. Because there's those moments where I think, and this is to William Zapka's definite credit as an actor. He plays this insecure asshole bully the entire time. It's kind of one note. We get to that end and I think he has that one beautiful moment where he goes sweep the leg and he looks at him like, I don't know. I don't want to go that far. Like, I can't. That's too far for me. And then he goes, you have a problem with that, Mr. Lawrence? He's like, like scared. No sensei. I don't. So I, I love that dynamic. And we just lose all of that <laughs> going from two on. They were just like, what if instead of trying to give the bad guys depth, we just make them comically over the top? And I then mean, one of the producers insane. is like, what if he has a, a stogie? No, a giant stogie. <laughs> what, if yeah. he's in a fucking, what if he's in a fucking bubble bath? <laughs> yeah. Dude, this house is dope. That this house, house is, is dude. That, that house is super out. famous, right? It was made. It's a it's a Franklin Wright type. house, I think. Yeah, I think it's Franklin Wright. How about uh, okay? Go for it, Makuga. Just real quick, we got to be, uh, you know, all things being equal. Did you guys think that the scene, the opening scene when he's just beating up like his local trainers in his living room was going to turn into like a boogie night scene where all of a sudden like three coke dealers come in yeah. and they're like also porn stars and you then Alfred like Molina's like it was it was so perfectly Cohen Brothers or uh, it was so perfectly PTS PTA whatever that it almost felt like holy holy shit this movie is going to be really deep but instead it is not. Oh, no. God, it is not. So Andy's not here to give his thoughts, but he did write a review that I'm going to read to you right now okay. uh, with a little assistance from Nick Scarpino at certain sure. moments. Andy says, Karate Kid 3 is the most absurd, stupid movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this movie deserves a whole season of in review where each scene is discussed for a whole episode usually when we see dumb movies we can point to three or four bizarre scenes and make fun of them but there are too many to pick here. I have so many questions that I honestly don't know where to start. Silver's plan is so 200 IQ that even Gus Fring can't compete. The girl was basically there to get kicked in the gut and to teach Daniel Spelunky. Where are the cops? Now, Daniel, can you, or not Daniel, Nick. Wait, real quick. That's not what Spelunking is. That's not what Spelunking is. That's cave. Spelunking is like caving. Kevin, Andy doesn't know. Anything's anything with a rope is Spelunking. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Miyagi, we've been training on this beach for like four months. Don't we got to go back and sling some trees in the shop or something? No, Daniel, son. We train long. Store out of business. I am evicted from my house. You must live with Uncle Louie. <laughs> How did Mike Barnes not get disqualified? LOL. Silver right, leaning over during the fight to tell Crease, quote, I love it when he pounds him. Made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Not because of it sounding sexual, because the ADR was just so atrocious. They could have put any line there because they clearly didn't give a shit about any of it lining up with his mouth movements. The Miyagi body doubles bald cap slash wig was so distract. Is it a wig? I don't know. Wig it out with Scarpino. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the famous podcast, Wigging Out with Nick Scarpino. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside Josh McCuga, Tim Geddes, and the big dog, Kevin Coelho. I... Have noticed that wig since we started, but because I know uh, Pat Morita doesn't actually do any of the stunts and doesn't know karate, and he's such an amazing actor, I just gave him a pass on that. But I do want to stop for a second and talk about how if Kevin 
just were a little like knew a little bit more karate he could be terry silva with his hair right now because yes. terry silva yes. has the best 80s ponytail ever him and eric roberts from best in the best have the best thank you hair in the call. 80s movies karate's movies and kevin is Great like one movie. kevin's like one step behind them right now <sighs> man what a movie i i can't wait guys let's get into the plot <laughs> Ladies Sorry. and gentlemen, his, his laugh is just incredible. It's so over the top. I can't even describe it. Cobra Kai never dies, Tim. We start That's with true. yet another recap of Daniel visiting the Cobra Kai. And we get the whole recap uh, all the way to the point where the honk happens. And you're like, cool. Uh, if you didn't watch the first two movies, now you have a lot more context for what's going on. And it'll, you'll still be – I mean, if you didn't watch the first two movies – this recap is not going to fucking give you the context you need for those. You're going to be completely lost this entire but time. Also, but wait, but also, since like when did we start doing recaps and movies? Like previously, three and a half years ago when you were in the theater. Like, <laughs> I mean, it made sense for back in the day because you didn't have access to these films. So you had to okay. like, you imagine the producers were like, we got to give some context for what's happening here. Um, but it's so just, it man. Okay. Can you imagine yeah. watching three first and then going back and watching one and being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but like, but there's but no the, like preview previously on The Godfather before you went to Godfather 2. That's but here's true. my thing. Well, like, that's there a more moments, adult movie, right? Yeah. They're there expecting, are moments they're expecting where the, the audience to be smarter. But I just love how, how not hype this is. It's like, it's a recap of all the hype moments, but there's just like kind of boring music playing and those scenes play out for way too long for them to have any type of like emotional resonance. Like it's not cut like a trailer and it is not cut like an opening montage of like, look at all the cool things. Fast and Furious 6 starts off and we get all the, the past movies and all the bits. And it's like when the title screen hits, you're just like, let's fucking go. With this, it's just like, Oh shit, we are legitimately five and a half movies into this. And uh oh, we just got to Karate Kid 2. Cool. <laughs> um, and then we get another fun montage of Kreese basically being the incredible Hulk from the 80s series, where yeah. he's just wandering just around wandering. town completely destitute. The music starts playing. And we're supposed to at some point feel sorry for Kreese. I'm not quite he, sure. He goes you know, to the karate got- shop, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's all dojo. broken down. It's really sad. Well, the, I, which is hilarious because again, don't be a piece of think shit. About, think about the time span of this movie, right? Daniel must have trained for at least what do you think, three, four months? Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think it was so, like maybe two, three months somewhere in there. Two or so three we'll months say, in Japan, right? We'll Gotta say be. three months. He spent two months in Japan, and he, basically, he spent two months in Japan and came back, right? Yeah. So well, no, but there was six two. months in between the first two movies. They say it's so been like, six months. Oh, good, good point. Good so point. It, good yeah, point. So six like, months. Like, it, and and at the start done. of the third movie, they say it's been nine months since they lost the tournament. So it's been about okay. a year. Well, that can't be. Well, it has to have been. It has been less than a year. year. The tournament happens every year. Yeah, it can't yeah. be like a monthly all valley. Right, that'd be amazing if it was. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we see that increase is just like, man, I gotta hang up my gi. I'm done. This kid beat me forever. So who does he go see? Tim. That's right, Terry Silva. He goes to see his boss slash friend, the guy who funded the dojo and also helped save his life. And he saved his life a bunch in Vietnam. Mukuga. Nick, real quick, can I just can I also point out something that we haven't really talked about? Was not only did Cobra Kai when Cobra Kai went down did like sensei crease go down but the entire neighborhood went down yeah there's a homeless guy just like sleeping on the sidewalk outside (laughs) yeah unfortunately that happens a lot you know when when like one thriving business goes down it it can cause a chain reaction it's very sad 
Well, it's funny because uh, actually like, this yeah. happened in Reseda. There was a there was a one United Studios of self defense that went under. The whole fucking city just crumbled. Apparently, it was ah. the foundation of the local economy there. Thanks. Nick. I digress. Uh, he goes to see Terry, and Terry is just sparring with two people in a manner that, by the way, if you sparred with people like this every day, you would very quickly run out of sparring partners because he murders one of them and then cripples the other guy. Sure. Just completely just destroys the guy. Uh, Ooh, thank you, Mr. Silver. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, of course, um, this is where I have to apologize to Kevin because I thought I Forgive could me. have sworn that they kept this whole I, plot secret from everyone. But no, I they just think- go into ridiculous. Ridiculousness. You should probably apologize to Tim. I feel like he's the one that got the full, full brunt of it. That's what it is. Last week? Yeah. All right. I know. Well, let's keep going. Uh, of course. <laughs> no, no. The, the apologize uh, to Tim. Look at him. He's all sad about <laughs> it. Look, yeah. look into his eyes and say mm-hmm. you're sorry, mm-hmm. Nicholas. I would like to apologize to you uh for for uh the, all the shit spoiling. that i gave you last week for future yeah. spoiling in fact i was future spoiler but i got it wrong so i wasn't yeah. future spoiling so now i feel like you owe, owe me an apology uh I, I i don't know i don't know if i could do that you okay. know with my restitute but it's okay it's okay i'm here I'm, i can accept your apology because i love that we get to talk about this movie Fair enough. We'll move on. Uh, Of course, after he's done murking his sparring partners, they launched just the most ridiculous plan ever, which somehow requires Kreese to go to Tahiti for a couple weeks or wherever the hell is the He's getting He's getting a break. Yeah, he said you're going to Tahiti because he's all bummed out. He's like, hey, you know what makes you feel better? Tahiti. Get out of here. Go to Tahiti. I thought that was great. Like, what a fun. What's amazing is they timed it perfectly with Kreese walking right by Daniel and Mr. Miyagi as they're coming back from Japan, mm-hmm. which I think is supposed to be LAX, but I'm pretty sure it's John Wayne Airport. It's Maybe Josh. 100% Burbank. Yes. Is, is it Burbank? <laughs> yes. Uh, when they get back, of course, when Mr. Miyagi and Daniel's son get back to the South Seas apartment, uh, the place is being demolished. And apparently Daniel's mom left absolutely no word. Her, her way of, of letting Daniel know that she's left California uh, is by telling the old batty lady that no one believes because, and I quote, Freddie's like, she's crazy, man. She doesn't know what she's <laughs> talking about anymore. Let's leave word with 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 her to to tell Daniel, our 18-year-old son, that he doesn't have a home anymore. And hopefully Mr. Miyagi, you know, well, I guess she left word with him ahead of time. It doesn't matter. She's gone to live with Uncle Lou. And as if that wasn't enough, Josh, as if that wasn't enough to just say, hey, mom's not coming back. They – Think so little of the audience's intelligence in this. They have to have a scene or uncle back ringing the bell like an <laughs> asshole to show that mom's got her hands full. She cannot possibly He's come dying, back and help Nick. her son. It's so sad. But her son is being assaulted physically and mentally every day. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. At this point, things are good. At this point, things are good. He's just like, he, uh, just fought, he just had a fight to the death in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, then but Kevin. then he likes wait, hold on, hold on. Then he stayed okay. in Japan till they built the house for that woman that for whatever reason didn't Yuki. marry Mr. Miyagi. Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're right. Like they should have gotten married. They should have gotten married. That one. And also Kumiko, as they as they say, uh is just out of the picture. She I, I, despite having made so many References to the fact that her dream cannot possibly come true in Japan. No, she has to go it to America true. because apparently 
in Japan in the 80s, they, they didn't dance. believe in dance. They had no professional dance companies whatsoever, except for in Tokyo, where apparently there's just a shit ton of the and she got hired for that. Of course, everyone knows that if you want to start dancing or doing anything really physically at a professional level, all you have to do, according to the Karate Kid, is put two months into it, and you're the best mm-hmm. of the best. Yeah. You're just the best. best around, so totally. naturally, she got... After having only done one type of dance, she just got completely inducted into the uh, the dance hall dance of fame over in Tokyo. And it makes well, I don't know if you guys if you guys noticed this as well, uh, you know, Kevin and, and I could I could be wrong here because you said that that uh, Daniel son everything was like okay, okay. First when of he all, first, when he, he loses. First okay, first one, Ali just goes off with some guy from UCLA. All right, no big deal. Second one, he falls in love, asks uh, Kamiko if he's if she's like betrothed, and she says no, and then they have like that nice moment to the greatest love song ever, and then all of a sudden she's not coming to America because she joined a dance company in Tokyo. Strike two, right? Mm-hmm. Then he comes mm-hmm. home, and Happy Gilmore's grandma is there to be like, I sold <laughs> the building. They <laughs> sold the building. And then 20 years later, she doesn't pay her taxes. And so uh, her grandson has to win a bunch of golf tournaments in order to get grandpa's house back. God, so what a great movie that is. A problem. That's well, such a good movie. Fans. Nick, what do uh, you think about the dancing in this movie? Oh, God. What if I told There's you it was nice choreographed? Move. He does have a nice spin move in that dance club. Who choreographed it? Who choreographed it? I, have no I want idea. y'all to guess. I want y'all to guess. It's the John age. Travolta. John Travolta choreographed it. No, who's the dopest choreographer from the 1980s? Bob Fosse to ever be in a music video with an animated cat. Paula, Paula Abdul. Abdul. Paula Abdul, baby. Wow, that just that blew my mind. God bless yeah. Paula Abdul. Wow. Uh, let's move She's on. A of course, snake look into her eyes. Miyagi and Daniel uh, clear out Miyagi's old workspace. Miyagi finds a lone bonsai tree, which has been severely neglected, which triggers a lot of memories, like the time he fucking just murked those skeleton kids. Uh, <laughs> Daniel tells him to open up. He's like, hey, Mr. Miyagi, you know it would be a great idea? Opening a bonsai store. That's always been your your dream. And Miyagi's like, oh, no, it hasn't. Like, if I wanted to do that, I would have done it already. I have a lot of resources. I have this amazing house and all these cars. And he was like, all- I'm going to do it for you. Uh, I got all this college money, and we all know that I'm not really a thinker. I'm more of a doer. So let's go do that. And I was like, that's a terrible idea. Go to college. Get out of my life, kid. Just go do something else with your life that doesn't involve you and me just hanging around, palling around town. Anyway, uh, we get another scene for some reason where Terry and Crease, where, they, where they're on the phone continuing to plot their revenge. And he's like, hey, did, did Deborah give you the massage yet? And he's like, oh, you know about Deborah? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Deborah, the hottest white girl name for a Tahitian masseuse. <laughs> I gotta remember her real name. I just threw it in here. Uh, we get the gist of it. He's like, hey, one more thing, though. I want you to make his knuckles bleed. And what does he say, Josh? <laughs> knuckles bleed? I like it. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then, of course, on the way to the opera or something, Terry reads about Mike Barnes, the bad boy, karate's bad boy, Tim. And he's like, this is my yeah, guy. And then we get a scene where instead of listening to Mr. what Mr. Miyagi really wants, Daniel goes ahead and just signs a 20-year lease on a building that's derelict. <laughs> uh, and then he show, and then, uh, let's see, oh, for the bonsai shop. Uh, and uh, then he shows up around, uh, he goes and grabs Mr. Miyagi. He's like, listen, Mr. Miyagi. I, I, I know you said one thing, but your eyes were saying something else. So I've taken all my college money and given them first and last month's rent, the security deposit. And with what we have left over, we can start a bonsai shop. And I'm not going to lie. The shop itself looks kind of cool. The neighborhood's a little rough. But, but 
I was like, I'm not all in on this until he says the name. He's like, I even got a name for it, Mr. Miyagi. It's going to be Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. It's <laughs> a great name. That's a great name. Uh, Nick. Oh, excellent performance. That was great. Give this man an Oscar. Oh, my God. Josh, do names get any better than Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees? Uh, listen, Nick, you could you could have gone with some puns, okay? You could have... Uh... You know, you could have just called it the bonsai shop. But when you really want to knock it out of the park, you sort of rhyme it in a sort of the same cadence. If you're going to name a bonsai shop, Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. It almost rhymes. It almost, <laughs> it almost makes sense. Rhymes. It's so close in a poetic sense, yet so, so far away. And I would also like to point out, that every other shop in the in the neighborhood looks to have been like attacked in the 1992 LA riots, except yeah. for the pottery shop. And also, this neighborhood doesn't look nearly as unsafe as the once glorious Cobra Kai neighborhood. That's very true. <laughs> and for all we know, by the way, they're they're right next door to each other. Yes. Uh, yeah. I I will tell you guys this though. As absurd as this name is, if I were walking down the street in 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 any city and I saw a shop called Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. I have to go in. You got to yeah. go into that. That's shop, a great right? name. That's a great it's name. A great I, name. I, I know that it's dumb, but it's also like it explains itself perfectly. Mm -hmm. Now, despite this being just an utterly terrible idea to go into business with an 18 year old, Miyagi just completely agrees under one condition that Daniel be his full partner. So now we've gone from in the span of like 24 hours, Miyagi being like, you should go what? to college to now we're just in business together and you're going to just, we're going to run this, this franchise. Yep. I hope it turns out well. I hope, hope running a franchise turns out well for Daniel LaRusso. I don't think Terry that's what a franchise Mike is. Barnes. Just a heads up. I don't know. Well, nobody knows. It's just uh, Terry invites Mike Barnes to come visit him in his yep. bathtub. And I ask this in all <laughs> that seriousness. That was weird. Kevin, please start taking all of your meetings in the hot tub from now on. I need to see yeah, you but here's the thing. all that's, of our shows in the hot tub. That's way more normal than being like, come to my bathtub where I'm for sure naked under this. Like in the hot Nothing, tub, I'm wearing, you know, a swimsuit. Not in my mind. Nothing Mike says supervillain more than a bubble bath and a yep. stogie. God, and an old, so right. And an old secretary who just is like, she goes, once Mike Barnes leaves, he goes, what do you think of the kid? She goes, I think he's really annoying. And he goes, I know, I love him. He's perfect. I'd be like, what do you think of me, <laughs> old secretary? Like, do you think I'm a fucking nightmare too? She's like, you're all fucking nightmares. So um, a, a fact about Sean Cannon, who is Mike Barnes, the actor, performed his own stunts, including one where he lunged forward and landed on his stomach for 20 takes. After taking geez. aspirin for four days to deal with the residual pain, he fell unconscious at a hospital. He was diagnosed with internal bleeding caused oh. by a torn abdominal wall. Yeah, it weird. wasn't worth it, uh, Sean. No, no, I don't even know what scene that was. Break. It wasn't. Yeah. Little did little did you guys know if you look at his IMDb, he's been in at least a hundred episodes of every soap opera ever broadcast on any That's channel cool. ever. That's exciting. So, yeah, there you go. We did it. We out here. As we continue, of course, he was like, "Mike, you need some help." So I've got some heavy hitters for you right uh please uh, he, I, of course mike tries to for some stupid fucking reason renegotiate his contract on this and terry's like i like you you're a hard core person let me introduce you to your your two new lackeys and their names are snake and dennis <laughs> snake, snake is the director's son 
<laughs> no shit. No <laughs> shit. He's the director. So yeah. yep. yep. oh, <laughs> how about how about it? He's like, yeah. Well, I was thinking I'm gonna need fifty percent of your dojo. He's like, oh, I'll go as low as thirty five. And he's like, and then I will see you later. He's like, oh, well, if you fight as hard as you negotiate, he's like harder. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you, <laughs> you just gave away fifty percent of your dojo. Okay, well, I guess if you're just dumping toxic chemicals in Borneo, you really don't care about the dojo. Also, I, mean, I feel like let's be honest, he was going to cut Mike Barnes loose after this. That is a 100%. handshake deal. Yeah, There's sure, no way this sure. is. Well, in He's California, done. that counts. Yeah, but not when when you have when you just surround yourself with the team of supervillains who screw each other over at every second. <laughs> Nobody is testifying to that. Uh, Miyagi and Daniel uh, dig up some illegal bonsai, and Miyagi, Miyagi tells him that karate and bonsai only grow if the roots are strong, and that becomes the theme of this movie. You got to be true to yourself. You have to have strong roots, and then you can go grow on your own. Uh, and then I asked this question in 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 my notes here, Tim. How jealous are you of Daniel's amazing reversible bomber jacket in this scene? Hey, honestly, this is the first movie where he's dressed at all like a normal person. It's not fully like a normal person, but like Daniel LaRusso's outfits, and I'm not talking about his geese or anything. I'm talking about like the the, the normal people, like the, the streetwear he's wearing, is like the least cool thing imaginable. And I'm not saying cool isn't like he needs to be the coolest guy in school, no, but like it's lame. It is like the weirdest. I'm just wearing a plaid mean. shirt, and it's he's wearing. In. It's not the... being mean. It's like the weirdest costume design choices. In an 80s movie. I liked like, his last I mean, outfit with the, like, the, the graphic tee underneath you. the plaid. I thought it was a cool I look. Just think, I just think he's in. wearing dad, that dad jeans that are just a little too baggy and they make his, his butt look long. He just looks loafy this entire time. Like He's just walking around like, I'm a 27-year-old man who's just ready to have kids and settle I don't, down. It's so interesting. I don't think he looks 27 at all. Oh, he, like If you look he at him He has a very young – yeah. To he's now, he looks. And I watched like, these movies he, back he, to back, and I, I, he does, I don't know. He does look old. He does, he does look young. Like he's twenty seven, yeah. so he's not like yeah. he's not an old man. He, he but does. He doesn't. He doesn't come off as an eighteen year old anymore in this, totally. by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. And totally. also, Mike Barnes is like forty two. Yeah, Mike Barnes was was so, like AARP status. Who's Mike Barnes? <laughs> Mike uh, the bad the guy. Bad guy. The bad karate guy. Bad boy, Mike Barnes. <laughs> And then he tells um, Miyagi tells him true bonsai grow wild and there's only one here which Miyagi brought with him from Okinawa and he placed in a place called the Devil's Cauldron so it would be safe and basically I guess grow up knowing how to take care of itself because when you grow up in a place called the Devil's Cauldron you either fight or die. That's um, the thing, man. These bonsai trees, bushes, like they're just getting wild and like you need to know how to tame them. Yeah, Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list yet? Our sponsor today has the number one wish for gift of the year, and it's Manscaped, baby. Uh, you're in luck. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Why would you not want that? That sounds like a great time for everyone involved. The bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Don't use the same shaver on your face that you use for down there. That's just it's nasty. You don't want to do that. Uh, the performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. You can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com slash morning. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy and for allowing me to say that line. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash morning. There you go. Boom. back to the show <laughs> that was a hell of a read and a hell of a transition tim thank you, you. are a professional thank uh, you Makuga. 10 out of 10 my dude 10 out of 10 you really nailed 10. it 
I felt like that one was pretty good. That yeah. was pretty if good I because I was rank, able to shift super quickly for it, you know? If I was going to give you the Terry Silver laugh mm-hmm. and like in approval mm-hmm. of that transition and read, I would go full. <laughs> I like I that. Like I'm going to use that. I like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I bet that Nick no didn't expect that we only had one ad. <laughs> yeah. He walked away. <laughs> and here he is. He's back. The there man, the myth, the legend. Sorry about that, guys. It's all yeah, good. I I, I, Josh, what movie is this? Bud Light. I feel like I had about a thousand of them. <laughs> it's Bad Boys one. All right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, you know about Bad Boys two, guys. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you disappointed me for the last time. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, also bonsai trees, that real that real bonsai tree, which apparently is from Japan, is worth thousands of dollars. How they know that? I guess they test the DNA of the bonsai tree. But in the 80s, who the hell knew? I guess you just took people's words for it. Then Miyagi teaches Daniel, the oldest of the Miyagi family, Kata. And we can just uh, – let's just stop right here and just give a shout-out to the original score that they used for all these three movies by Bill Conti. It's so good it is when it kicks good. up. And you see them, like, on the ridge of where, like, Highlander learned how to fight with swords with uh, – yes. You know, with the Spaniard, like, oh, it just the looks Spaniard. <laughs> That's what they called him. I know. What yeah. a dumb. We'll do Highlander in review. Actually, we'll never do Highlander in review. We do not need to do that series. Uh, we'll if just they bring it back, we'll do it. The no, first God. one is good. There's so many bad ones in that, though. Anyway, uh, Daniel gets a letter from the All-Valley Championship telling him that as defending champ, he has to only fight one bout, which seems Kevin, oddly stop scratching convenient. your back. This feels really it's good. So this feels really good. Why is it gross? What's gross with scratching you, your back? It feels you, gross, Kevin. I want you to right, I'm just saying, if I would yeah. go into town and scratch my balls, that would be gross. I would well, we can't that. see your balls, but yeah. we can see you using a little scratchy hand. Like last thing. Okay, that's I mean, gonna be. We, now we have to flag this from. Now yeah. this can't be for kids on YouTube. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's and then, uh, but kids. Miyagi's like, dude, I you can't fight in this tournament again. The whole point of fighting the first time was to like beat your bullies. You beat them. We left them literally bloody in a fucking parking lot. One of them died probably. <laughs> I think Johnny got choked unconscious, maybe to death. So like, we're done. We beat them. And and but like you know he's like yo man I like you know this is maybe I could do like a tournament thing all the time and he's like you're either in on this fucking bonsai shop or you're not Daniel (laughs) like we need some focus here Daniel what the hell you don't go to college you you open a bonsai store with your college money you're hanging around with some sixteen year old girl that doesn't even want to hook up with you and you're fending off some insane human toxic dumping person we need to focus (laughs) on the shop yeah. (laughs) uh okay and this is going to continue the miyagi just does not want to train him he's like dude uh karate is only for defending one's honor it's not it should not be uh for winning some cheap plastic trophies uh daniel of course then runs across the street to the pottery shop where he meets jessica he tells her about his shop and they do a trade and then there's like this weird moment where she's like oh well you know we could he's like well i guess we could hang out like at some point if you wanted to see me more like in more of like a casual like glove situation and she's like i'm all for that and then he's like, who's this guy in this picture? She goes, that's my ex-boyfriend who I don't like so much that I ripped his head out of this climbing uh, picture. But I how, still secretly love because I kept the picture. How is that not a buildup for something? Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Right? Bizarre. Yeah. It was bizarre. And bizarre then in the next scene, she goes, I got, <laughs> I got back together with this guy. <laughs> so I'm leaving for Chicago in like three days. Do, and he's like, think- okay, cool. Did they shoot it? Columbus. And then later, the the his wife was like, "I don't like the chemistry you have with this lively girl. You got to stop." End the relationship. Girl. That's her I name. just feel like. Guarantee you. Guarantee I do feel you like what happened was 
Ralph Macchio was out in L.A. just swinging dick, right? Like he was just throwing it around, throwing it around like it's like it's like a free soda pop. He might be the karate kid, but he was the karate man when it came to deviance in in Los Angeles. Okay, he goes to Japan. You know, he, he probably has to go to Okinawa and he's definitely getting some geisha action. He comes back. His wife's like. Why do you have herpes? And he's like, I don't know. I think it was the water in Japan. And she's like, you can't hook up with anybody anymore. And he's like, fine, you can be an, a consultant on the movie. And then they bring in a love interest. He's like, I don't like her. You can only be friends. And then Adlison and Jerry Weintraub are like, listen, we got to keep Danielson in the movie. And the only way to keep Danielson in the movie is if the wife is not around or she doesn't feel threatened by it. So we got to make this girl just his friend. And all of a sudden, the Karate Kid 3, the friend zone is off and running. So I go. think I'm, I have a different theory on that. I just feel like maybe they got to the point where they were supposed to do like a makeout scene and he realized he was 30 and she was 16 years That's old. True too. And That's he was true. probably like, this feels wrong in real life. And I don't care about the narrative. Let's just change it because it doesn't matter anyway. And Nick, just, I'm, not, um, I'm not letting you move on. I'm not letting you move on. I, you know, I, I often feel bad about like ganging up on you and calling you out for things that you do or say. Uh, it doesn't stop me. Yeah. But I do feel bad for doing it. But this is one of those times that I, I, I couldn't let this pass. And I had to write this note down to question you. Makuga brings up that <laughs> either Ralph Macchio or Daniel LaRusso, I'm not really sure what the context was, was out there <laughs> dick swinging around, whatever. We can just move on. We don't need to talk about that. And, and Nick, <laughs> Nick did the Nick thing of needing to take – a, a joke or a reference and add his own twist to it. And the twist that Nick decided to go with was <laughs> he was throwing it around like it was free soda pop. <laughs> well, you know, when you go, like, you know, when you go to conventions <laughs> yeah, and yeah, people yeah, are trying yeah. to give away free energy drinks and you're and like, oh, just, energy drinks, they're, they're always free. the diet ones. Like yeah, you, see, you don't want to okay. drink it. You're going to drink it. That's actually right. a great, really, really good analogy, Nick. In, Thank you. In, in Nick's defense, that is a very Tilver, Terry Silver thing to say. Like that is he throwing around like free soda pop, Mikey Barnes. Like I that's, just, I just can't, I can't believe Nick that uh, that th- it was worth asking you because of course that came from the most obscure thing of conventions giving out free soda. Okay, but cool. it works. It works. Wait, 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 it just, you know why? Because I had that time, I had that thing on my mind still of the one time where people were like, if you want a bunch of free soda, put all your information in on this docket. And then and I was you like, put Andy, Andy, what's your phone number and address? And Andy you did it. You asked me. me. You asked me. Oh, he didn't give it to you. He was playing basketball. And you're like, give me Andy's <laughs> phone number. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> just things there. Somebody described uh, uh, what... Uh, I, I, again, I'm not sure if it was the fictional character or the the actor, uh, but they described his sexual escapades as hanging crane, and I liked it. <laughs> oh, that's pretty great. That's pretty amazing. Uh, all right, let's get back to spot. Later that night, Terry just sneaks into Daniel's house uh, to do some reconnoitering and discovers that Miyagi is military with the four, uh, 442nd. Along with the flyer for Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees. And then he laughs to himself and hides in the fucking chimney like a twisted Santa. <laughs> he has uh, a good time. He's having a good time. All the way. He's no, having a good time. No way. At this point. The shoulders fit but, in those in that. Uh, no, God, no. It's way too big. But at this point, Daniel has decided that Mr. Miyagi is right. He no longer needs to defend his championship. He's moved on. He owns a bonsai shop. He's a businessman now. So he burns the uh, application to the tournament, uh, the form of the tournament. And, of course, that's where we find that Terry Silva's hiding up there like a fucking... I don't know. Some Santa sort of Claus. Chimney like Santa elf. Claus. There yeah, I guess. Chimney uh, Daniel elf. Th- 
I just watched Elf and Santa Claus and a bunch of movies. So I'm sorry. I'm burning out the Christmas joy. Uh, Daniel (laughs) shows up for his date. Uh, but I guess in the last two hours, Jessica got back together with a boyfriend. She's like, we're now just friends. And Daniel's like, you know what? That's actually kind of, you know, it's, it's fine. It's kind of refreshing to be just friends with someone, you know, who's younger than me. And probably could, I thought it was you refreshing. Know, go to jail if I caught you. Nope. Let me tell you something is that for the last two movies, I've fallen in love twice. And these girls just leave me. So it's nice to just have a girl who's a friend. <laughs> You know, I, I just I it, what bothers me about it is it it makes no sense for her to even be in this movie how she is with the fact that she's not in the end. It's just no. like, well, what's, he, the, what's the fucking point of all the, this? the point no. was that he's not he doesn't have the same re- relationship with Miyagi. So he has no one to talk to about his feelings. Yeah, that's good. So point. she takes that place. She has to be the moral compass. But then why Miyagi is? But then she just isn't there later. Like well, Miyagi comes back. Well, yeah, Miyagi comes back. Literally, it's when Miyagi okay, jumps so, oh, back in. I'm gonna, repl- I'm gonna replace <laughs> my one friend with another friend. So I'm just having two friends. Like, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. It, it, to it me, happens. it feels when like I hang out. It's my best so friend. Sad. When Tim hang out, we, he's my best friend. I just immediately, Josh and I best friends. Wait, I just trade through people. Like I, Tim case, kind of funny. To say just to say something serious about this, it's just like I just feel like it is the worst use of a woman in these movies so far, I mean, where it is so friend? plot based. Yes, because it feels like it's literally just like you're just here to 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 be this Tim. thing that moves the plot along when it's convenient, and this then you're person, just gone. Tim, and like, Tim, right? Tim, Jesus, real quick. I'm with Tim. It's, it's like true. How, it's how no, you're you're making a joke out of something that's being serious. Like it's no, it sucks. Tim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You said it so nonchalant, like this is the worst use of a girl in these movies. Yeah, it's the worst by far. Like, yeah. talk about the understatement of what you said. This makes absolutely no sense. The only thing that would make more sense is if all of a sudden they cut to the audience and there's Larusso's mom and Allie from the first movie. Like, they're just not even. They're not. What? And it's it's so weird too because this the setup for this is confounding. She. Does she own this pottery shop? Does she run no, this her pottery aunt, shop? Her aunt owns it. Her aunt, the aunt owns. Okay, yeah. so she's but but the aunt's not there, and she's basically making pots, right? So she yeah. works at this shop. It's her she's summer very job. Good at this, but I guess she's going back to what is it? Uh, Columbus, Colorado? Ohio. At some point, oh. I don't know. It's all so Columbus. confusing. Columbus. Columbus. I feel like um, Tim is really upset that we, Tim, we are totally on board with you and this girl plotline. One hundred. No, 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 no. I, I was only upset with Kevin making a joke out of it. Right. Oh, uh, that's Back to the plot, of course. He goes, Oh, you got to come meet Mr. Miyagi. He meets Mr. Miyagi. And then he goes, Hey, come look at Mr. Miyagi's little tree shop. And she's like, Cool, I'm down for that. Uh, they go, of course. But then this is the first of the next 17 times they are interrupted by Mike, Snake, and Dennis. Uh, <laughs> and they order then they order him to sign the form or else and we're gonna be back and he's like I'm not signing you I'm not signing stupid form I'm like who is this? this is the 80s man it's not 1982 anymore now at this point I would like to uh, I, I serious note I would like to remind everyone that if someone is coming to your place of business and threatening you the best recourse is to call the police he and does the second best way to deal with it is to send them over to A Kevin time. and he will receive them in his bathtub yeah uh, <laughs> Terry comes over the next day and apologizes to, to Miyagi and to, uh, to Daniel-san for Kreese's actions. And he's playing it totally cool and completely like – and they're like, oh, really sympathetic for this guy. And he tells them that Kreese is dead. And they're like, oh, sorry for your friend. He goes, oh, yeah, we're cool now. And then he, and then as he literally turns, he smiles to himself maniacally. I was like, it. dude, at least wait until you leave the yard to do that. Like what if there was a reflective surface somewhere? <laughs> Later that night, Jessica brings Daniel dinner and shows her some custom pots that he ordered, which look really nice. And then Hold Daniel on. gives her 
two tickets to a dance club for the night that before Jessica is supposed to leave, which I'd be like, dude, that's we're not there yet. Did dance clubs have tickets? No. Okay, I, one, Kevin, very, very solid question. I have no, <laughs> no. second. Uh, uh, Nick, you glazed over probably the best scene in the movie, which Amanda, in her ever loving way, seven and a half months pregnant, goes, Damn, he really likes mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, I mean, who doesn't? That's like, very normal oh, reaction. Mac and cheese. Andy doesn't. Oh, like, that's why, that's by the way, that's why Andy's really not on this podcast because there was that mac and cheese scene and he just took mm-hmm. offense to it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll never do the podcast ever again. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, of course, Mike Snake and Dennis interrupt and destroy the place. Uh, again, here's where I would call the police immediately. This is where I would just run to a phone and call the police, be like, these guys are doing this, of course. Uh, Daniel it's called uh, breaking and entering and then yeah. legitimate aggravated assault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Daniel, this is the best part of the I don't think movie. it's breaking. Snake cause... and Dennis. No, they, they just walked in. Yeah, but it, it was unlocked. But the place was closed, though. So but it was unlocked. It was closed. Yeah. They left the door unlocked. Should have latched it's it. It's still, um, Kevin, if you walked into my door right now and it was unlocked and you were uninvited, I could call it breaking and entering. No, that's different because that's your house versus a store. No, it's not. We'll call it my assault buddy battery. battery. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, of course, Daniel, Dennis talks a big game. Now, this is why I love this. Dennis and Snake are talking shit, and Daniel just beats Dennis's ass. And yeah. then Mike kicks his ass and then kicks Jessica in the stomach. And at this point, I'm like, this just got real. Okay. It's one thing if you're if you're in the karate world, Josh Makuka. Yes. You're a black belt. I'm a black belt. We settle things differently here, Tim. But when you break, when you kick a fucking civilian in the stomach for no reason, that's just aggravated assault. You're going to jail for a while. And especially, I'm taking this a little too far, but like, just hear me out for a sec. It's like, you're a trained fighter. It's like, I know that he's just a fucking like high school kid. Maybe he's out of high school, but like, he's on magazines. No, yeah, he's he's a for sure trained fighter. Like, you're not taking it too far. Like, this guy, probably a lethal weapon, right? Yes, that that that's what I was gonna yeah. get there. Of like, I might be taking it too far. Of like, I don't know if he has registered himself as a lethal weapon. Is that a real thing? A, no, I don't is, know. But can you? I, I understand thing. you don't have okay. to. But is there a way to re- do that? Can I? I would like to try, but can I reference something real quick? Go for it. The Go entire for it. plot, the entire plot of the movie Con Air is based around the fact that Nicolas Cage is a registered lethal weapon and he kills a guy for messing with Monica Potter, which don't mess Monica Potter. Obviously, you know that. And then Mad Boy Mikey Barnes comes in and kicks a 16-year-old girl and the cops are like, <laughs> meh, 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 meh. Yeah. all these karate duos, Circum- we're not having any more of these. Circumstantial evidence. She's like, no, I'm testifying <laughs> against this guy. Like, he fucking assaulted me and I have a witness. And the only other two witnesses are Snake, named Snake. <laughs> and Dennis. And Dennis. Is Snake. <laughs> By the way, if you're, if you're out there, your name is Dennis and you're thinking that I'm talking shit about you, I am. I am. <laughs> You got it. No, no, I'm not. I'm actually not talking shit about you, Dennis. I love that name. It's just the fact that one of the guys' name was Snake, and you expect the other one to be like Turbo or like, yeah, you know what I mean? They were like, here's your boy, Snake, and this is Dennis. And Snake is a convicted uh, convict, and Dennis is on university right now. (laughs) Dennis is like, uh, he might be a lawyer or a doctor, you know, maybe an accountant. It's literally like showing up with like the biggest boat on the lake and then next to a dinghy. Like, yeah. hey, this is fucking Snake, and oh, this God. is Dennis. Dennis. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Uh, and then, of course, this is where Miyagi comes in once again and saves the day. Uh, Mike, Snake, and Dennis hop into Snake's fire red 5.0 and tear off. Oh, at this that's point, a again, sick if I were, 5.0. No, at this point, if I were Jessica, I'd be like, listen, 
dude, I've hung out with you twice, and both times these guys have assaulted us. I think we're done. Like, you're going to have to take someone else to this dance club. I'm going to just go. And by the way, guys, if you're, if you're, or, or, or uh, women out there, if you're dating someone and this happens to you more than once, ghost that motherfucker. Do not start a relationship with the person who is constantly getting into fights with people. It's yeah, a bad it idea. Really is. You just, you just got kicked in the stomach. Yeah, hanging dumb. out with this guy, and you're dumb. like, you know what? I'm gonna help him rappel down a mountain. Yeah, I'm gonna put this in some By the way, also, we'll get on that scene in a second. Yeah, let's get this. Yeah, on the ride home, of course, Daniel wants to know uh, what they're gonna do about the situation, but Miyagi wants to just sing, and Daniel's like, damn it, this is stupid. Uh, but they all stop singing when they get home, and all the trees are gone. And this is what I like to call yeah, without just, again, you just glazed over the mo- one of the most silly scenes. That- Mr. Miyagi just going like, la 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 la. Yeah. What is that song, and why is he doing that? I don't know, and this, <laughs> and I'm not gonna say. Well, I won't. I will, I will, I'm not gonna bring Last Jedi into this, but there are some decisions made by Mr. Miyagi here that just communication could have alleviated a lot of the stress of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. This point mm-hmm. out. We're not gonna bring in the Last Jedi. We're not gonna talk about Star Wars. We're not gonna. We're not gonna put that energy out into the world. I'm just saying, this is every bit as bad as Hodor's plan. Um. Something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Thank Holdor. You. Sorry, not Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love you. I love you. Wasn't no, going to say it. anything. Also, uh, I saw this, is, too. this is a lot like better of a plan. Like there, there's there's no giant stakes in this one. Like a, like it's true. It's all true. of the the rebels aren't about to die if this plan doesn't you know work. It's Let's move on. Miyagi, Let's move on. Like, I can. It's just that Miyagi could have just been like, listen, Daniel. You're stressing out a lot about this. And as your mentor and your friend, let's sit down, have a cup of tea, and we'll talk about how you think this is world-ending, but it's actually not because I can just sell one of the 30 vintage cars that are probably worth 50 grand a pop, and we'll just rebuy all of our stuff, and we'll just do it again. We'll file a police report. It's going to be okay. We're going to deal with this like adults and not 18-year-old kids with black belts. Who just go around beating the shit out of each other with no consequences whatsoever. <laughs> and then he turns on like the Miyagi Sirius XM station, which is just a very annoying song. It's like, hey, you want to hear the most annoying song in the world? And he just starts yelling it yeah. at, at him in the car. Listen, like, if Tim and I got into a fight and I thought it was like, listen, they just trash the kind of funny offices. We need to do something about it. Tim is my mentor. We get in the car and Tim's like... It's no surprise to me. I am. I understand me. I'm like, Tim, shut the fuck up. We got to do something. Oh, man. I will say this also. Like, there's a point in this where I think that maybe I was like, does Mr. Miyagi hate Daniel at this point? Like, has he just, is he done with this stupid Italian kid from Jersey? Because there's a moment later where Daniel comes, he's like, Mr. Miyagi, I don't want you to train me. I don't, I know, I don't want to put you out. I'm just asking as a friend. And as my mentor, pretty much the only person in my life, and I'm the only person in your life, can you please teach me how to sweep? I just want to learn how to sweep. And Miyagi goes and gets a fucking broom, to which I would have been like, fuck you, old man. We're done. You have zero respect for me. But here's the thing. With the Miyagi style of teaching, how do you not know that that's going to lead into, like, you grab them, turn them, then sweep the leg, then sweep the leg. You know what I mean? I mean, I I would just just be like, we're when when Let's that happened, a little more literal. When when that <laughs> happened and he got upset, I was like, "Wait, you should, well, hold have on. you learned nothing?" Yeah, like, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. So Daniel, in and in, in also his infinite- the broom that he brought out was the same broom he brought from Okinawa in 1936. I'm not sure <laughs> if you guys noticed that as well. <laughs> no. Fair enough. 
Uh, Daniel, of course, in in what is a series of terrible decisions, then goes to make the worst decision possible, which is go. He's like, I think the best course of action right now would be for me, a person who's never repelled or rock climbed in my in my life, to go down a very very steep, dangerous mountain to called the Devil's Cauldron. Called Nicholas. the Devil's Cauldron to dig up a bonsai tree that my mentor and best friend purposefully put there so that nobody could ever touch this tree. I think it's a great idea for me to dig this up. We'll sell it, and that's how we'll pay for the rest of our plants. Smart yeah. move. And Jessica's like, that's a fucking terrible idea. And he goes, Genius. just te- give me a crash course on climbing right now. They spend less time figuring out how to climb than I had to when I went rock climbing with Kevin to actually get my certification to figure out how to tie a knot. That's so took a little like 30 card. minutes. You feel really yeah. proud when you have it. Oh, it was dope. I felt real good about that. Anyway, uh, this course, of course, this plan, of course, like- goes hardware store twine to rappel down the devil's canyon what rope is that uh i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a rope expert i just know that these two kids should not be allowed to hang out anymore Sorry. uh of course this plan goes horribly horribly wrong um uh like see i see a daniel's never climbed a rock in his life and and he ends up dropping the tree into the water below which of course is the exact moment that again mike snake and Thanos appear out of nowhere to make them sign the application uh, when Daniel signs, they break his tree in half and laugh at him. Uh, Daniel brings the tree back to Miyagi and begs forgiveness uh, as they triage the tree. He tells Daniel that if he wants, if the tree's roots are strong, the tree will survive. And of course, he's talking about Daniel as well. And Daniel's like, maybe you can give me some fucking guidance here because these guys are crazy, man. And they got billions of dollars. So, so hold that, on. I, was this the only mountain scene with yeah. the, the bonsai tree? Yeah. It was the most intense fucking scene. Well, they, like, they I plan know it karate, later. Well, I know the Karate Kid too had the uh, fight to the death, which is pretty intense. But, like, these bullies coming down and messing with these young children's rope on a mountain where there's waves at the bottom, I was just like, this is so freaking it's just It's it's just one of those things where I'm like, it's one thing in the first Karate Kid where you have a group of teenagers who are in this ecosystem and they're, like, bullying each other, which is totally wrong and absolutely, like – morally and, and legally just reprehensible right but it's understandable how that could exist in that world because at no point do you think johnny's gonna kill daniel he's just gonna beat him up and give him a black eye here and there which again is terrible but the stakes aren't quite as high like as they are in this movie in that movie you're like wow what's gonna happen is really daniel's just gonna like this is a really terrible situation or a tough situation for being mentally and emotionally in this one it's like once you cross the line where someone's trying to kill you you're breaking the reality of what's going on here. And I, suddenly I'm like, I, I don't give a fuck about the All Valley Tournament. This guy's, they're going to drown in the Devil's Cauldron, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting the way they, they set up the stakes for uh, the, what's the antagonist's name? Uh, Mike Barnes. Bad boy, Mikey like, Barnes. If, on, he su- if he succeeds, like, he is, there's a lot, like, he's set pretty much for life, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but again, let me, let me just, let's back up here, though, Kevin. If I said to you, Kevin... Murder someone, you be set for life. This, you you got to fight me in this tournament, right? I need you to fight me in this tournament. And you're like, I don't want to fight you in this tournament. And you said, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do anything I can. I'm going to harass you. I'm going to do all these things. At one point, wouldn't you just be like, you know what, Nick? I'll fight you in this tournament. And just tell me what I wanted to hear. And then the day of the tournament, be like, I'm just not going to fucking show up to the tournament. Yeah, but like, you know, you know they're not going to stop. Like they'll keep for what a year? Are they going to do another? I'd be like, guys, I'm just going to tell you the same thing next time. At a certain point, you got to get the cops involved in this. Sure, is all I'm going to. Sure, 
Now, I don't know uh, if I should continue with the plot because two of our guys have walked away. So let's yeah, talk well, about something completely I, different. <laughs> I, I was going to mention, this is the point where we find out, oh, no, I'm selling my pickup truck and I'm going to get money to buy new trees, right? Right. Yes. And that's when Daniel comes back and he's like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, I don't know what's going him. on. I've completely lost my way. I don't know what's going to happen. And then a delivery arrives with more trees and Daniel is fucking mystified he's like where did you get the money for this and Miyagi's like oh i sold one of my fucking 900 no, but he sells that i have he sold the pickup truck the not classic car the shitty car that like he uses for work why not sell one of the three cars because at this point he has three like really nice classic cars that are all fixed up and look beautiful i assume yeah. they fixed up uh what's his face or sell Daniel's son's car, Kev. Well, no, but like that's Daniel's son's. They can't sell Daniel's son's. Well, Daniel could have sold his car. Daniel could sure. have been like, listen, sure. of, I sure. can sell this car a and pay you back. tree from the Devil's Canyon on hardware store twine. And I'm sorry I left. When your wife calls and she's pregnant, okay. you got to take the call. No, uh, no worries. You do what you got to do. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, Tim left to presumably go to the bathroom. But so like, doesn't he need the pickup truck for work? There's two pickup trucks. We could have sold one of them, and we could have gotten Daniel's son a fucking Miata. Like, we didn't, he doesn't need to be driving around a giant gas guzzler. In fact, in the 80s, that car would have been the cost you so much money in gas. Get a Honda, bro. Who has more uh, heart? Tim, or in 1989, like, a Miata. gallon of gas was 11 cents. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but people, but, but minimum wage was 5 cents. That's, That's what true. they paid you. That's true. Anyway, um, so Daniel is like, they have a falling out, and he's like, dude, this, I'm so sorry, I screwed everything up. And he's like, why didn't you tell me that was going to be your fucking plan? I wouldn't have risked my life and limb. And Miyagi replies, because I, there's no possible way, Daniel, that I could have thought or foreseen that you would have rappelled down a fucking mountain and put your life in jeopardy to dig up the plant that I told you specifically I didn't want touched. Ever. Yeah. I couldn't have thought that was going to happen, Daniel. I couldn't yeah. have thought that was going to happen. That's his family's legend. It's his family's heritage on a mountain called the Devil's Cauldron. And he's repelling down some mountain with a girl that doesn't even like him. Okay? Yeah. Just like his friend that he met a day ago. Yeah. Okay? Anyway, and he so rips this tree out. But it, honestly, Tim, mm -hmm. or uh, Nick, and I know you're going to get to it. And Mr. Miyagi's reaction when he brings the tree back. Oh, you can talk. You can say it. Oh, I mean, he that's the first time you've seen concern in the man's face in yeah. the entire series was when he brings but he literally, But he literally forgives. He was like, oh, can you ever forgive me? He's like, of course I forgive you because we're homies. But just stop acting like crazy, like a crazy person right now. Mm, you're just not making – you're not using logic. You're not thinking logically. And then he goes, oh, no, I'm so stupid, Mr. Miyagi. I signed the thing. I signed the thing. Now I got to do the tournament. Miyagi's like – you signed a piece of paper. Just don't, Just yeah. don't go. <laughs> like, who cares? It's absurd. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> and then anyway, the next day they're running and Terry spots Daniel on the run. He's like, hey, man, you really got to learn how to sweep the leg like that one guy Johnny did to you, even though by sweeping the leg, it means he's not. He's just going to drop an elbow on your knee. Um and he's like, I got a whole book on it. I'll drop it by later. And then Daniel is training with uh, – and Mike shows up to threaten him. And then Terry comes in and beats the shit out of Mike with the book. And he does that cool thing where he's like, look at this, look at this. And he punches the book and punches his face. How is that cool? I, would, I just thought it was fucking cool. I don't God, know. That's like the douchiest thing ever. In the face of the book. It's anyway, uh, Terry's – he's like, man, that kid's never going to bother you again. And I'd be like, wow, that was really convenient that Mike showed up and you happened to show up at the same time. Are you guys on the same schedule or something like that? But Daniel Daniel's stupid. No, it no. was it was well planned where he had the book in his hand. It was like, oh, they're coming to harass you. And I happen to be dropping this off because you knew it was going to drop it off. Yeah. 
Anyway, he shows Daniel uh, how to sweep the leg, which is basically just a kick straight to the knee. Uh, he offers <laughs> to train Daniel in this newly in his newly opened Cobra Kai dojo. Uh, Daniel heads straight to Miyagi uh, so as so he can learn how to sweep, and then his and then his sensei and best friend of I mean his only friend in life basically just brings him a broom, which would piss me off too. I'd be like, dude, we're done. I'm, I I opened this shop for you. I've done all this stuff for you. And you're screwing me over here. So Daniel, of course, what's he going to do? Head straight to Terry. Uh, Terry teaches Daniel about his intense training program, Josh, which is called? I don't know, Nick. Quicksilver. It's called Quicksilver. <laughs> That's, That's really good. That's really good. good. He, he proceeds to say it's a two-part system with three rules. I don't know what the second part is, but we're going to go over the three rules right now one by one. Number one, if a man can't stand Tim, he can't fight. And he makes mm -hmm. Daniel kick a two-by-four until he hurts his foot and then shows him how to demolish the wooden dummy. And at this point, if someone was like, dude, you got to kick that wood. And I kicked it and I hurt my foot. And he was like, no, no, no. Let me show you how to do it. And then proceeded to fucking destroy the thing. I'd be like, I'm in the right place. I don't yeah. know what's going yeah. on. But I'm starting to come around to the Cobra Kai way of doing things. Because <laughs> up until this point, all I've done is punch air with Mr. Miyagi on a fucking beach. This guy can punch through steel. Let's fucking go. I want to be the bad boy of karate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Miyagi brings Daniel some special powder so Daniel can soak his foot. And when he wants to know what happened, Daniel's like, dude, I'm just – I'm done with you. I'm training with someone else. Don't worry about it. He doesn't – he just dodges the question. And I would have been like, dude, I'm learning how to fucking kick ass the Quicksilver way. Mr. Miyagi, we're done. Eight. I just broke a galvanized piece of steel with my shin. Yeah. You're welcome, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, Miyagi prays to a picture of him and Daniel that he's like, I hope you come around, bud. And it's like, no, that power's to you, man. You can just go back and talk to him. Like, you can just go right back into that room. Be like, dude, I'm so sorry. We need to we need to fix our relationship and figure out what's going on. I can need to help you with your problem. But no, let him sit in the room by himself with the weird green powder. Rule number two, Tim, if a man can't breathe, he cannot fight daniel tries to reason with terry telling him that dude these tactics seem really extreme but terry uses the old reverse psychology to push him harder which absolutely works and then terry goes around the corner and audibly yeah. and physically gets off to it he's like <laughs> <laughs> dude, this whole like, thing terry, is insane. time to change your gi pants buddy like but when we when we look back on this franchise like nick i can't even <laughs> imagine being you 10 years old or whatever you've watched the other karate kid movies and now you're here and you're like holy shit daniel's learning to be a cobra kai like that must have been so cool even actually, though you know it's bad it's like it's ridiculous. no it actually wasn't but when i was a kid i was scared for him because i was like obviously <laughs> you know what's happening you know so this guy's pure. manipulating because they showed you that he was this guy was being an asshole yeah. And so you felt really scared for Daniel that he was in this environment that was totally and completely like, like abusive and hazardous for him. And the only person that could knock him out of this was the only other adult in this fucking life, Mr. Miyagi, is being a dick to him the entire time. Mm -hmm. Well, the That's other I really thing, I, I kind of got to back up Scarpines on this one is that I like when I watch Karate Kid three for the first time. You know, I'm I'm probably like nine years old, ten years old, and I'm like, oh no, he's gonna go to the dark side. Like I saw no problem with plot holes in any of this. It's like it's bad guys versus good guys, and somehow the good guys getting brought over to the bad side. But he should have been listening. To, I mean, like I didn't see plot holes. I didn't see the evil guy from Captain Planet. All I saw was Daniel's son learning how to break boards and Mr. Miyagi not doing his part to help out Daniel. I love it. Cool. Uh, speeding right along here, ladies and gentlemen, we get to uh, let's see. Uh, he steals more of the powder. We get yada yada yada. <laughs> Rule number three, guys: If a man can't see, he can't fight. And Terry teaches Daniel how to blind a man, which Daniel tells me is like, I'm pretty sure that constitutes an illegal blow to the face. He's like. 
can't punch people in the face. And Terry's like, well, have you fucking seen Karate One? Because they go over the rule of Karate Kid Run. <laughs> they go over the rules pretty fucking succinctly. A face shot is two points. One torso is one. So you can punch a guy in the face. And, totally. and, and fucking Daniel's like, I don't know if I know anything about Karate, <laughs> to be honest with you. All I know... All I know is that the new rule is if I don't if I want to go to the tournament, I don't have to fight anyone until right. the final. So well, he, dude, just, hey, a real just, talk though, like talking about just the karate aspects of this, it's like we we've seen this boy's journey throughout these movies because all of these movies take place in a year. So it's yep. like we know that Daniel LaRusso has punched the wind a bunch of times, right. has sparred with Miyagi. For whatever we've seen, whatever. He did the All Valley tournament in, that we saw in the first movie. He then has a death battle in Japan, and now he's here. It's just like, does he know the rules of a karate tournament? I'm not sure. I don't think because he does. Why because would he, he? He says literally punching a guy in the face is what constitutes an illegal blow, but he won his last tournament by fucking kicking Johnny in the face. So apparently, I don't know karate, the rules of karate either. Anyway, he makes Daniel punch the wooden dummy until his hands bleed, thus fulfilling his prophecy. Uh, when Daniel backs away, Terry tells him that Mike Barnes wants to humiliate him and wants to break. This guy wants to fucking break you. And then Daniel gets super fired up. And guess what? It works. He kicks through the wood and destroys the dummy. And at this point, I'd be like, you know what, Terry? I had you guys all wrong because I am doing shit that I never thought I could do. You have helped me reach a height of power and like agility that I never thought could happen. I'm but in. Cobra Kai, do or die. I just broke now, a milled piece of two-by-four timber strong enough to hold a house up. I'm here for you, Silver. But you Let's guys, go. like, he, he also broke like six layers of ice that no one thought was possible with the other training. And That's I don't true. know how ice to wood translate but six seems like more than one you know what i mean that's piece true. of wood that's true very good point very good point thank you uh, later that night kevin's at the discotheca right. kevin's right like yeah, let's be, let's let's not forget that in a gi bar in okinawa daniel's son showed the f up i mean he, he came in hot yeah i mean that's the thing you know in, in number two he broke the ice in number three he learned how to to break the wood he couldn't do that from the other one because you can't learn that from miyagi What's Not next to the Jedi? Fire. Uh, later that night, Daniel gets into a fight at the discotheca where when Terry orchestrates a fight between him and he just smashes a dude's nose and gets blood all over himself. And that's when he realizes, holy shit, I've gone totally off my rocker. I'm, I'm totally astray. Kevin, kind of funny. The, the blood? Holy fuck. That guy, not only Those did it look lot. painful, but like it spurted out on uh, the girl and on him. And like for the rest of the the, the couple scenes we're gonna have, he's got blood on his chest, and I assume she cleaned the blood off her face. But like that was way more intense than I thought it was gonna be. It's very intense, and of course, this is a point. This is a breaking point for him where he goes and he apologizes to Jessica and tells him, I'm, "This is not me. I don't know what's going on." And she goes, "I think you need to go rectify your relationship with Mr. Miyagi because he's the one kind of bringing you toward the good, and this other guy seems pretty bad for you." Uh, so Daniel, of course, goes talks to Mr. Miyagi. Um, and tells him that he's basically like, I've, I've messed everything up. I'm definitely broken. I don't know what to do anymore. And then Miyagi brings out the tree that was broken before but has mended. And he says, you know, time heals all wounds. If you have strong roots, you do have strong roots, Daniel's son. You will figure out how to grow the right way. You just have to believe in yourself. And Daniel's like, I've tried to believe in myself. My mentor is totally fucking me over. Uh, and then he realizes, he's like, you know what? You're right. I got to go tell Terry right now. I got to go right now. It's midnight, but I'm going to go find him and tell him that I don't want to compete in this tournament anymore. Of course, when he does, Terry completely flips the script on him. He's like, He's like, nothing's free. And you got, he's like, you got to, you're going to get in that ring. You're going to defend your title. He's like, yo, you can't make, miss, hey, Mr. Terry Silva, you can't make me do anything I don't want you to do. He goes, really? Because I've been making you do shit that you didn't want to do from the start. And then Mike Barnes comes out and he's like, what? Oh my God, Mike Barnes is here. And he goes, either you, he's like, 
Either you fight one day on, on one day or you fight every day for the rest of your life. And then as Daniel tries to leave, this is the best scene of the whole fucking movie. Kreese jumps out from the back of his own skin. Ah! <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Ah! And they chase Daniel out and they're like, you got, you have to fight. And they're like, Daniel runs out and they go, go get him. We're going to kick his ass. Mike Barnes runs out and of course is thrown back through the doors. Yeah. By the unstoppable. Miyagi has been just roiding out for the last 30 years because he no. can throw a, tw- a 200 pound kid through a door seven feet into the air. And yeah. then Tim, no steroids you, needed. No steroids needed. No, he's got it's done right. No Miyagi's no got the Tai Chi power. So Tim, we all kind of gave it the, the scene in Karate Kid 2 where, where he fights Chosen. And we gave this a little shit. I was making joke about it. Where he's like nut punching everyone. I was like, I don't love this scene. He gets hit him with the it. spear. I'm I like, this is not so working much. for me. If you thought that scene was ridiculous, motherfucker, this is the fight we all wanted to see. I love it. Since Mr. Miyagi versus not just John Kreese, also Terry Silva. And he fucks them up. To which I'd be like, why don't we just settle this right here? You beat the shit out of them over and over again, and they'll just stop bullying me. I don't have to fight in this thing. I of course, Daniel, uh, Daniel, Mr. Miyagi finally comes around and realizes, oh, my God, these guys aren't going to stop. And uh, Danielson looks at him and says, now will you train me? Miyagi says, hi. Now Miyagi will train you. Let and me then it, so it's cool. the banger, man. Then okay. we get a dope-ass montage. And by the way, I love this montage for two reasons. One, it's the same beautiful music that we've heard the entire time, but the juxtaposition of the two training styles is awesome. It's you the Rocky Daniel tra- we've doing, always wanted. We man. do. We get, that, we get that Rocky moment where Stop. Rocky's Rocky out there in the woods great. training. It's great. I, know. I said it's the Rocky Four moment we've always wanted. Yeah. If oh. you remember, Kevin, he's referring to the fact that, that in Rocky Four, Rocky's training in like the, in, the fucking in Siberian, Siberian wilderness yeah. and just – Leg running with that boss, piece of wood you see it's cut it's juxtaposed with ivan drago and like this high steroids environment like getting steroids and all this shit pumping that's metal. what we get here it's really really cool uh and then bang dude we're off we are off to the tournament uh of course we get we get that moment where daniel and miyagi replant the bonsai tree which is really lovely and he goes now the tree gets to choose how it wants to grow just like you and he's like cool man cool beanie where'd you get that let nick know uh tournament time <laughs> Barnes is fucking cleaning up, destroys everyone whilst while uh they're <laughs> while Crease is just passing out free Cobra Kai t-shirts like Snake and Crease are just like how Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai. Which I want one of those shirts so bad. Uh, and then Terry makes a very um just impassioned and emboldened speech to all the kids, telling him, dude, karate's giving me everything and it's time to give back. I'm gonna open dojos everywhere. I'm we're taking over the world, and, and you're all gonna be able to train at my dojos. And then I this is where I noticed Miss Miyagi is wearing the exact same outfit i'm like god how lazy can you be filmmakers bang time for the final match ladies and gentlemen terry barnes uh terry pulls terry barnes, barnes aside and says it's time to make daniel suffer here's the plan you're going to win a point and then you're going to get a point taken away then you're going to win a point get a point taken away then a win point point taken away and then the match starts and terry wins a point and then he immediately gets a point taken away and with a very illegal blow and the ref says very audibly tim if mm-hmm. you do that again you're disqualified and Barnes goes, no problem, and proceeds to do it not once, not twice, but like three more times. He's just socking him in the fucking stomach. The ref's like, stop, guy. stop, and he's just socking him in the stomach. At which point, by the way, if you did this at a jiu-jitsu tournament, right, if you went on the mat and socked someone in the face, you're gone. 
you're going to have two giant Brazilian black belts grab you and literally move, remove you from the building. You're done. It doesn't fucking matter because you're putting someone's life in danger. Jiu-jitsu is intense, Tim. It keeps going. <laughs> it's scary. It keeps going here, back and forth, back and forth, score a point, score a point. And then he just – he finally beats uh, Daniel so hard into the ground that Daniel wants to quit. And everyone's screaming. And they're like, Daniel, you're going to get up. And Mr. Miyagi comes to his side and he says – he's like – Daniel said, and he's like, I'm afraid. He's like, you got to get up. You got to get up right now. And he's like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. All right. What do you want me to do? Miyagi fucking screams in his face. And he says, hey, you stay focused. Your best karate is still inside. Now yes. is the time to let it out. God, so Whoa! good. <laughs> what a great series. Who cares what the rest of this movie was? Fucking <laughs> All is forgiven. <laughs> Amazing. And then, of course, they stand up and Barnes just is like Barnes is screaming all manner of insults at him. And Daniel's like trying to muster. And then he gets around to screaming some insults about Miyagi. And Daniel's like, that's it. I fucking had it. Time to let the beast out to roar. Uh, Daniel, as the match starts, Daniel starts doing some kata, which mystifies Mike Barnes. He has never seen this before. And he looks over at Terry terrified. He's like, what's going on? What's happening? Like, what are you doing? Just go in there and finish him. And of course, as he rushes in, Daniel pulls off a lovely throw, fo- followed by a nice punch to the solar plexus, winning him the point in sudden death and the entire match. Uh, and then the, the the whole crowd, who are just apparently karate nuts, immediately turn on Cobra Kai and start throwing the t-shirts back, to which Kreese grabs one and offers to backhand the person closest to him for daring to throw a t-shirt at his face. Uh, Terry, of course, is like, well, my plan went completely awry. I'm going to leave in, in defeat. Uh, and Daniel runs to Mr. Miyagi and embraces him and screams, we did it. And then we get a freeze frame. And then we get the end credits. And then we get a song that is not the glory of love. But, and you're right. It is not. And that is very sad. But I don't want to gloss over the fact that it ends with Daniel LaRusso taking Mr. Miyagi's hand and raising it up. It is not Miyagi raising up Daniel's hand. They did this together. And when he says we did it, when he raises Miyagi's hand, I was like, what an accomplishment in filmmaking this trilogy of films is. They right. fucking did it. Did what it, is it? I'm not quite sure, but they Who did cares? it. They did they it. Got done. They did it really <laughs> hard. <laughs> from from oh, the All Valley to Okinawa, back to the All Valley. They did it, Tim. They, they really, did really did it. They did it. Uh, it's time for haiku review. I'm not going to do the song. I'll you do it. Seven it. syllables. Go there it is. We got five of the first and last line. Mm-hmm. If you're not poetic, no what? need to sweat. Haikus don't need to rhyme. But bo- bo- haiku in review. Haiku. What do we need Andy for? You've got me. That was, that was great. That was fantastic. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Just like Liz Lawson did to write your review in haiku form. Sometimes you're wrong. But you can come back from it when the root is strong. Ooh, Ooh, wow, that's good. Yeah, and Ignacio Rojas says, what the fuck happened? Big departure from the last films. Needed Satara. Yeah, that's a good end. That's a really good good. end. It is good. Now, hit me off with a little Ragu Bagu, Nick. Ragu. Bagu. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys here for Karate Kid in review. The rankings right now, as it stands, number one, Johnny and Kreese from the Karate Kid Part 1. Number two, Chosen and Sato uh, from Karate Kid Part 2. Where do we want to rank big old Terry Silva, John Kreese, and Mike Barnes, the triple threat? I'm going to be honest with you. 
I'm going number one. And I really? understand that like Johnny Lawrence is awesome. And, and you know, Chris obviously was insane in the first movie, all that. But like how ridiculous they went with this and just Terry Silver's character in general from beginning to end. And like uh, how how he's acting all nice working with Daniel. Mm-hmm. It's like I loved all that stuff. The one thing is uh the the Barnes character is just a, a poor man's Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, and like that that does bother me. But I do think the fact that we get all three, we get the moment of the, the cardboard cutout, we see Crease down on his luck in the beginning, and just like how it all builds, I, I think that I give it to give it number one. But that's just to say that honestly, Johnny Lawrence and Crease weren't fantastic to begin with. Okay. No. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying this Terry's so over the top that I want to put him at number one. But I will say I'm going to put them at number two only because of how fucking lame Snake and Dennis are <laughs> the entire time. They're just okay. the worst. That's fair. That's fair. Kevin, Kevin McCuga, what do you say? Okay. Kev, you want to go? Yeah, I, I think I'd put him at number one too, just because they're so over the top. Every time he turned a corner and like giggled to himself, I was right there with him being like, I know you're going to lose, but I enjoy how much you're enjoying. You got two months of fun out of this situation. Okay. I don't want to go into a soliloquy here or, uh, you know. Please go into a iamic pentameter. Yeah, a, you know, something of that nature. But in the first. Karate Kid, we had villains, but it was sort of it sort of made sense because like it was a bully in high school and it was like you could see the angles from it. Karate Kid Part Two, seriously chosen, had some some issues. Sato obviously had some issues, and they were they were evil, yada yada yada. But when it comes to villains in this series, oh god, not only was Terry Silva, I don't know why we started calling him Terry Silva. Silva. Yeah, yeah. Terry hey, real, real quick, real quick, Silver. I need to pause. I Sorry. need to pause. I, I'm sorry to do this to you, Twitch audience. You're going to have to go to the YouTube version to, to watch the rest of this. We need to back, back off live so Andy can start doing the stream. Uh, we love you guys. We'll be. We'll see you later. Bye. And, Andy's Andy's just ruining. Thanks, this Andy. Interview. It's not ruining it. I just I want to keep this going. I don't also, we rush. need the views, guys. Like we have to get more creative on getting them. It's true. Kind of, uh, Andy also going full Freddy Fernandez in the Karate Kid Three. He just disappeared. <laughs> Totally disappeared on us. Are we good, Kev? Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's still okay, going. Okay, cool. Sorry, so, Makuga. Keep going. No, no, no. So Terry Silver, not only is he like a karate bad guy, not only is he like a bad guy, bad guy. Oh, yeah. And not only is he comical, as Nick and you guys have all pointed out, but he's also starting like international toxic events. That could change yeah. the lives of, of yeah. whole communities and countries. But, uh, but he's like happy about it too. It's like his that's what he wanted to do growing up. Where his friends yes. were like, I want to be an astronaut. He's like, you know what I want to do? Hide toxic waste in the in like third world countries. It just sounds like yeah. a fun environment. And to then be start in. a bunch of karate shops. Yeah. Yes. Because for my uh, friend that I love. And then what's even more he did it off the glory of love. What's even more pathetic is like in in Karate Kid One, it's like, oh, they're high school bullies. Like it makes sense they they settled at the All Valley. These are adult men. Mike Barnes is an adult man. Daniel LaRusso, an adult man. They're out of high school and they're still fighting in the All Valley. It's like the guy that comes back to his high school wearing his Letterman jacket his sophomore year in college. <laughs> it, it is it is one of those things where you're like, why would they not have done like, like the state competition or like a national competition? That makes more sense. Like Daniel is the winner of the All Valley. He gets to then go compete at the higher level of competition, totally. which makes which means for the audience, the stakes would have been then raised, right? Bigger competition, bigger stakes. No, we're going back to the All Valley, which somehow feels smaller than because he doesn't have to compete all the way. He just has to worry about one battle, (laughs) which, by the way, he would have lost. 
Like even after the training, yeah, just the bad boy of karate was still much better than him. Much Way better. better. He just scored yeah, one point. Yeah. I mean, the the G, like the better plot line, which is basically the plot line to Rocky Three as well, is that he loses like, and has to come back. Yeah. He loses and has to come back. That's yeah. the that's the better plot line. Like he goes to an all state competition. He's clearly out of his league. Miyagi's like, if this is what you want to do, Daniel son, I'm going to actually train you to be a better karate person instead of the entire movie being focused on a tree and a, a, a clearly environmentally law breaking individual with an awesome ponytail is we could have actually great karate instead of legitimately assault and breaking and entering. Right. I agree. But still, what it still doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining when I was, was 13 years. So I, where do we I want to put, where do want to put Terry Silva and Mike Barnes on the list? <laughs> Are we going to put them at number two? I, I'm, I'm voting for one, one, one's wow. have it. Wow. Tim, for what it is. I remember what yeah. it is. I put it at number two though. So it's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now it's time for the rankings. Currently, number one is the Karate Kid, and number two is the Karate Kid Part 2. Where do we want to put the Karate Kid Part 3? Before we even give our thoughts, I want to read Andy's thoughts. All that being said, I had so much more fun with this ridiculous-ass movie. I was so entertained because each scene was as silly as the last. I knew to expect an insane movie this time around. When Miyagi whooped their asses and agreed to train Daniel, I said, oh, let's go, baby. Even though the final fight was silly as hell, I still had happy tears in my eyes when Daniel was about to bow to Miyagi and then just ended up hugging him. I put this at number two, and it all has to do with expectations. I knew this was going to be dumb, and I loved it. He makes solid points. It's a yeah, really Freddie Fernandez take. Yeah. I still put it at number three. I put uh, number three. Because I, I don't, because I think... Go ahead, Kev. Oh, sorry. My vacuum just started. Uh, I definitely put it at number two for me, where it's just... It's so over the top, but like... I like all of the overtop things. Like uh, Silver's great. The like the fact that they're starting their own company together and he's quitting college that never started. I love it. I'm all behind it. <laughs> See, I think I'd put this at number three just because I I like I like in Karate Kid 2, I liked the relationship between him and, and Kumiko. I liked seeing Daniel in Japan, and it's just fun for him to be that fish out of water. And I think they did a good job of like showing some of the cultural elements of Japan in that time. Um, and I liked the backstory for Miss Miyagi. I liked that it was a lot more about his story than it was about Daniel. I thought it was a cool departure. This one just seems like we're just really remaking the first movie with half the budget, and everyone doesn't want to really be a part of it. So I don't know. Makuga. I think I got unloaded. No, it's, guys, it's up to Makuga right now. You guys didn't bring me in for my my safety takes. Okay? Don't fuck with me on this one, Makuga. Listen, Karate Kid, the Karate Kid is, is a solid movie, okay? Karate Kid Part 2, a very heartfelt story of, of you know, comeback and, and love and affection and, and forgiveness and, you know, really finding the inner good in one soul. Karate Kid 3 is basically, you know, the precursor to what we see as insane movies today. Like, just give us the insanity. So for that reason and that reason alone, put Karate Kid 3 as the barometer for the Karate Kid franchise and make it number one. Just no. Oh my it. god! No You're way. a psychopath. You're a psychopath. You I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just do it. Okay? That it's is better energy. villains, better karate, better insanity. There's You're better Miyagi. There's more bonsai. There's no alley. Oh I mean, just go on. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> god. Well, with, with, with that. He just Terry Silvered us. Number one is the Karate Kid. Number two is the Karate Kid Part Three. Boo. And number three is the Karate Kid Part Two. Uh, we are going to return next week, next Tuesday, with 
Wait, is that right? The next Friday, give me, a kid, second. Yeah. give me a second. Give me a second. Monday. I believe so. That's, oh, my next, next Monday. You're right. Monday. Next right. Monday is the next Karate Kid. Oh, baby. Not starring Let's Hillary see. Duff, right? No, no Hillary Duff. No Hillary Duff in this one. Uh, but we'll be back for that. Can't wait to see you guys. And then remember, later that week, we are doing Tenant in review to close oh, out right. for That's now. That's exciting. Yeah, it is. No one in review. None of us have. Anyways, till then. Love you guys. Bye. Love you guys. Cobra Kai never dies.